a jamboree. They break it up with English glee. Ghosts are bad, but the one that's cursed is the headless horseman. He's the worst. That's why he's a man on Halloween night. But when he goes jogging across the land, holding noggin in his hand, demons take one look and groan and hit the road. Hello, and welcome to the Enchanted Podcast, the show bringing you all the latest Disney news. I'm your host, Lauren Arnold. And I'm your co-host, Hallie Garrett. And today, we are diving into a Halloween masterpiece. It's just what I'm going to call it now. (laughs) But before we get to that, let's get to the news. some we have some later news coming to us because we put off an episode last week so some of this isn't necessarily new news but it's news uh so we that willow is getting a series on disney plus and warwick davis is returning so i'm going to have to watch it because i have never seen willow and i've kind of been dying to see it because it's always there on the home page oh yeah so. that'll be interesting to see well we'll give it a shot and see it's apparently a, a fan favorite and i guess people were eager to see it come back so it's exciting stuff i i any disney plus series i think is exciting because it's it's newer, you know, it's not mm-hmm. something we expect, so. Yeah, for other kind of late news it would be uh, Raya in the Last Dragon trailer released, and it's like a full trailer actually gives you some substance. It's beautiful, I'm excited for it. I'm here for another princess who is a person of color and a badass, like, thank you, Disney. It's very- <laughs> like Tomb Raider slash Indiana Jones meets the South Asian culture and I guess different types of folklores and mythologies is kind of like what it is. I'm very excited. Like it, it just looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. There's also been some comparisons to, um, Avatar The Last Airbender, which is also a fan favorite and, So I think people are hopeful that it'll have some similar elements to it. We also got a Tales from Galaxy's Edge virtual reality trailer. It's a new virtual reality game that is set to debut very soon. And it, it's kind of interesting. It's like, you know, you get to walk around Galaxy's Edge and have conversations with droids and do little missions and it looks it looks cute it looks really fun since we can't go to the parks we'll do ar yeah (laughs) there and speaking of not being able to go to the parks i think disneyland is slowly reopening because they announced that buena vista street in disney's california adventure park would reopen for an extension of downtown Disney with shopping experiences, no extra cost, 
to get in. There'd be snacks, sit down dining, holiday shopping. And some of these shops include Elias and Co, Kingswell, Camera Shop, Julius Kratz, Katz and Sons. I think I'm saying that right. Um, so they're basically opening up the main entrance of DCA as an ex extended shopping experience to downtown Disney. And kind of a opposite of that news with the reopening hopeful is that Disneyland Paris was closed once again today uh, because there is France is shutting themselves down again, preparing for that second wave. Winter is coming, as they might say. So <laughs> like lots of lots of looming threats. And so I think they're just taking all the precautions that they can. Yeah. And I <laughs> I did notice going, you know, on the topic of parks, uh, it looks like we had another splash mountain malfunction this weekend <laughs> the whole ride down man it's every yeah. on the news it's like mm, splash mountain broke down again it looks like brer bear was having a tough day on splash mountain he was uh hunched over and we'll, we'll say he was moving but his physical body wasn't moving the way it should be <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> oh, he was having a little bit of a day, but that's okay. It happens to the best of us, so. Um, in Disney World, they released that they're going to be redoing the entrance sign, and I have some thoughts. I'm not, I'm not very pleased, especially when I read about it. I was looking at it, and I was like, it's very plain. It's very minimalistic. They're kind of going in the same direction as they did when they redid the Tomorrowland sign and they just made it white and basic. This, there's like very little color to it. And what made me upset was when I read it, they said they were inspired by the castle being repainted. So where's the pink? Like y'all put gray bricks down there. Why is it not pink? If it was pink, it would make it pop. It would make it beautiful. And it would actually be reminiscent of the castle. So I don't understand. Disney, please explain. I, I don't necessarily. And I think that they could have added like highlights of pink. I don't think that they should have like designed all of the gray areas to be gray. I think that they could have mixed the two tones because it worked very well on the castle. Um, I think for fans that are very nostalgic when it comes to the parks, I think that we're all a little bit upset about the sign changing because those are probably the most iconic gates that you'll have memories of driving through when you go to the parks. And even though it might make us a little bit sad to see that specific design go away, I I think the only thing that gets me a little bit upset is the change of slogan on the sign because currently the sign says Walt Disney World Resort where dreams come true but the new design is going to say Walt Disney World Resort the happiest place on earth but the happiest place on earth is Disneyland out in California it makes sense. 
So I was a little confused when I saw that and I was like, wait a second, but the Disneyland gate doesn't look like that. You know, it's completely different. So I, at first glance thought this was for Disneyland and it, I was confused. And then I read that it was Walt Disney World and I think I'm just a little lost, but. I think they need to take, uh, take a few more days to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> just hearing, a few. Hearing, hearing us and the rest of the Disney crew. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to lay down some bad news before we get to some good news. Uh, more layoffs this week. And it, it's sad. And, you know, it, I wish that we could still have live entertainment and have those shows, but it's extremely difficult during a time like this and I just want to say that our we're, we're sending pixie dust to those cast members that were affected by the most recent layoff this week and there is a long list very very long list of shows that were affected by this just to include a few are the Beauty and the Beast live show at Hollywood Studios the Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular, Finding Nemo the Musical, Festival of the Lion King. Oop-dee-doo. I'm so sad. Yeah. Oop-dee-doo. Citizens of Hollywood and Main Street, Turtle Talk with Crush, Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor. I mean, we can just keep naming, but we're, we're sending pixie dust to all of the cast members affected. We want to thank you for creating magical memories that we will remember for a lifetime because without these live shows the experience at the parks will never be the same yeah I 100% agree but some good news this week we had our first Mando Monday getting ready for season two of the Mandalorian to drop tomorrow on Friday and I, I did tune in. I don't know if, if you tuned into this, Hallie, but the Star Wars YouTube channel did a about like a half hour uh, Mando Monday video with the cast um, opening some of the new merchandise. And I think I may have seen video clips, but no, I did not tune in, but still very exciting stuff. And interesting, uh, Pedro Pascal opened it up. So is he still the Mandalorian? I guess we're all wondering. I guess that's the big question. I would assume. <laughs> he's, he is the Mandalorian. <laughs> I, I'm very excited to see, uh, you know, there, there's some new merchandise around Moff Gideon and the Black Saber, the Dark Saber. I think there's two names for it. So whichever you choose. <laughs> but... It's, I mean, he, I, I watched uh, Giancarlo Esposito do his interview with them. And I mean, they made up a t-shirt with his face on it and he put it on and he was so excited. So I think season two is, we're going to get some answers on this Darksaber. I agree. I think we will. Well, without further ado, let's get into our special Halloween episode of the Enchanted Podcast. 
Today we're going to be talking about the legend of the headless horseman. Very classic story, mm-hmm. but it's got a few different versions. That it does. Uh, the original legend of Sleepy Hollow. I did a little research since I had seen all the adaptations, but didn't actually know where it came from, was actually an American Gothic story by Washington Irving. And it has about 34 essays and short stories within it. So Sleepy Hollow and the Headless Horseman is just like one of the many. Um, It was published in 1820 and it was one of the earliest examples of American fiction that sustained popularity. This is largely because everyone loved the Headless Horseman. They thought he was super cool and just an amazing villain because he was believed to be a Hessian soldier who had fought with the British. So of course the Americans were like, nah, not this dude. The original story was set in 1790 though in a bewitched and haunted Dutch settlement in uh, the New England area of America. But we can talk more about the story with the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad because I was very surprised to see that the Disney adaptation was very on par for the actual uh, story that was written in 1820. Well, I want to ask you if you grew up hearing stories about the Headless Horseman or Sleepy Hollow in general. I knew of the Headless Horseman, but I didn't know any of like the folklore behind him. And I had never, I mean, I knew of Sleepy Hollow, but not too, too much. Yeah, I think it was the same for me where I think as a kid, everyone knows the Headless Horseman, but you don't know. Like, I, I think just the story was, I didn't have any idea of what it was. I just was not educated on it, <laughs> you know? And honestly, I think that goes for a lot of villains. If you're just a good enough villain that you're able to stand alone and still be that menacing figure, hey, that's, <laughs> that's an achievement. Yeah. So we tried out the group watch feature on Disney Plus a few yeah. weeks ago and watched The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. And let's just say it was one wild ride. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know that it's exactly what we expected. It was definitely not for me. Let's just say the Headless Horseman does not even he's not even mentioned until probably like the last five, maybe 10 minutes of the entire movie. To be clear, even though it says the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, and they're on the cover (laughs) of the movie together, they're not in the same story. It's two completely different stories. They were released separately but then put together because they have a very similar feel and animation style and they were created at the same time. So it's actually Wind in the Willows with Mr. Toad in The Legend of Sleepy Hollow with Ichabod Crane. And the interesting thing about this was that, you know, this was around the time of World War II and because they didn't have the right budget, 
during that time, what they did was they made these short films and would put them together, creating what they called a package film. So these are two 30 minute shorts that are put into a one hour film is what this is. And the, this really happened because the company started or stopped producing full length feature films because of the budget. So let, let's dive into Mr. Toad first because I was expecting something very similar to the ride. Mm -hmm. I, you know, we don't have Mr. Toad's wild ride in Walt Disney World anymore, but I got a chance to ride it out in California and it was quite scary. It's a pretty dark and scary ride. And I was expecting at least some of the events to be similar, but I think that there's similarities, but they're very small. Yeah. And I think just if we were to describe who Mr. Toad was, he's really just obsessed with this motor car. He's a little frog in a little suit and he looks kind of cute, but he's obsessed with this motor car. So he steals one and then he's tried in court and he goes to jail and he escapes. I put with a question mark because he was kind of, it was really one of his buddies that got him out of there, but. The whole thing is that Toad is saying that he's innocent because at the trial, he also loses the deed to his uh, house slash manor, um, which is like a very huge deal to him and his friends. And his friends are even in disbelief that he gave that up. And so kind of the second half is them trying to get that deed back and prove his innocence. And I mean, we talked about a few things that were kind of funny in this because he escapes and we notice that this is taking place around Christmas time, which is the winter. Yeah. And I was thinking to myself, well, if this is taking place in Christmas, where's the Halloween stuff? Where's the Headless Horseman, you know? And I think we were both really confused watching this. Yeah. And even the dialogue was confusing, just the way it was written and the way that it, you know, that they spoke it, because obviously in the 40s and 50s, people talked very different. And it, I think you kind of had to take it scene by scene and pause it because that's the only way you can really understand what is going on. Yeah. There's like a 10 minute long scene at the end that's pretty much just a chase scene throughout Toad Manor, just trying to get the deed and just going back and forth and back and forth. Great for children, I would say. Uh, <laughs> but it's not our Halloween one. And we also questioned that this might have been the first LGBTQ representation in a Disney movie. I doubt they'll say it, but uh, what were they? There was a mole and Mr. Rat. I'm just saying they lived together. They would have dinner together every night. 
And when you first see it, you, I think, assume that it's male and female. Mm -hmm. But when the other character speaks, they're both male. So we're like, oh, okay. Something just to, to think about. That maybe maybe there was some representation there, uh, so we just wanted to put that out there. But I mean, really, that was it for Mister Toad, and it just kind of, I I don't know. I feel like I was kind of relieved when it ended because I didn't know what direction it was going in. I don't think it needed to be as long as it did. No, and obviously, I think it was a little. Um, predictable and as I said this is made for children obviously and it Toad lives happily ever after he gets the deed back he and his friends are back on good terms so happy ending can't really say that for the other one (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so this is uh this is the legend of Sleepy Hollow and very different I mean there is a complete contrast here Oh yeah, Mr. Toad, and I. The thing that that grabbed my attention, and I think it's just because of the season we're in right now. You can either agree or disagree with me on this, but it starts out in autumn. It's very pretty. They have the old-fashioned music playing. It's very nice and calming, and I feel like the vibe recently has just been putting on some nice autumn music on YouTube, making like a music mix and just chilling out, lighting a candle, Um, at least for me hoping that the leaves would change color even though that they won't because I'm in Florida. (laughs) They won't. (laughs) I would say it definitely has great autumn themes at the beginning, so much that I was like, where is the Headless Horseman? Where is the murder? Where is everything going on? Because I should be clear, I I watched the uh, Sleepy Hollow live action before I watched this. And I didn't realize that the uh, Disney version is actually more true and accurate to the actual legend of Sleepy Hollow. Uh, But we follow our somehow protagonist because I don't like his character at all. Um, he's, he comes into town, he's new, uh, Sleepy Hollow is a little New England town, they don't have too much going on, but he comes in as a school teacher, and is immediately just drawn to Katrina Van Tassel, who is this beautiful girl, super sweet, but I'm gonna be honest, he's just a gold digger, he's after her father's money, and I, I just don't like his character <laughs> so much. I found, like, I don't know. There were just some things about this that I found so interesting. And I liked, I actually feel like I like this one. I don't know that this would be something that I watch every Halloween, but mm-hmm. I liked it. I at least enjoyed part of it. And this is, you know, all of the music is actually Bing Crosby. And it fits the autumn vibe and it's very fun and chill. And then once you listen to Ichabod's voice, it's the same voice. It's Bing Crosby. So he 
plays Ichabod Crane, but he also narrates the short as well. Um, I think the only other character that really has a name throughout it is Abraham, but his nickname is Brom Bones. Brom Bones, I think, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of supposed to be Ichabod's nemesis. I think he was involved with Katrina at the beginning, and now he has to compete with Ichabod, and Ichabod's a little more clever than him and is able to get to Katrina more, even though it does seem that Brom Bones kind of is more interested in Katrina as a person and not just her money. Uh, so kind of on his side for this one. <laughs> I kind of, I feel like for our listeners, we can very easily put it this way. Brom Bones is Gaston and Katrina yep. is Belle. <laughs> I mean, that's how, that that's what this is. And I feel like even the opening shot of this, of, of, of you seeing the village, and they kind of carry the same theme throughout. It just reminds me of the village in Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. And I kind of think that might be why I like this one mm -hmm. because it just has that feel to it. And yeah, I definitely see Brom Bones as Gaston. He even has like a similar look. Yes, he attitude. Feel the same, has the same mannerisms. I wouldn't say he's as uh, flamboyant as Gaston, but. And with Katrina, she's like a mix of Bo Peep and Cinderella. Her dress yeah. and her costume says Bo Peep, yeah. but her face and her, her body structure is 100% Cinderella. Mm -hmm. And kind of interesting because I guess that since this was animated before, Katrina was actually the model that they used for Cinderella. Which makes total sense. Yeah, but that's kind of interesting. Um, I have, I don't know if you have like a favorite scene in this, but I have one. Go for um, it. The Halloween party. Yeah. Uh, this is like so much fun. I don't know why I like it so much, <laughs> but this is when they start to sing the tale of the Headless Horseman. Because, I mean, we spent like, I want to say 15 to 20 minutes about Ichabod, the schoolmaster, and it's autumn, and thing, he just, he's trying to get Katrina's attention, and that's what this was, and I'm kind of wondering, where's the Headless Horseman? Mm -hmm. So we get to the Halloween party, which I think takes place 10 minutes before the end of this short. Yeah, it's like <laughs> all the big exciting events they saved and condensed all at the end. And they, they say that the Headless Horseman travels to the woods on Halloween each year, searching for a living head to replace the one he's lost. Mm -hmm. The only way to escape him is to cross a covered bridge. So there's a song called The Headless Horseman that Bing Crosby sings. It is my probably most played jam that has been circulating through my house um I don't know it's just good it's just good music I cannot complain I I just love it um and they just sing of the tale of the headless horseman and 
then when Ichabod leaves the party, he, you know, hears noises in the oh, woods. It's yeah. dark. It could be stated that Ichabod is a coward. And no matter what adaptation, he is a coward. Because at the end of the party, Brom Bones tells a story about the Headless Horseman. And Ichabod, he's just shaking in his boots. He's going to lose it. Everyone else is having a good time. Ichabod is not. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a... Uh... I don't know, you know, now that I think about it, it's kind of like how Gaston, like, corners Belle in her house, you know, and, like, tells her how he's going to marry her, and they're going to have so many kids and mm-hmm. dogs and things, you know, like, it's kind of the same feeling with Brom Bones, like, attacking Ichabod Crane about how the Headless Horseman's going to come yeah. here on Holy Night, and you better watch out, and <laughs> it's, it's intense, <laughs> and he ends up in the woods and then he hears noises and then notices that it's just the nature around him and he kind of relaxes a little bit more. And it's no it. where she's surrounded by the eyes and it's so scary and then she's like, oh, it's fine. I'm with the creature friends. But it's not long before Headless Horseman arrives three minutes before the end of the short. Let's just remind everybody insane they're like we're gonna put him on the cover and give him three minutes of screen time yeah it was kind of I I wish I wanted more I wanted to see more of the Headless Horseman I feel like it could have been even more exciting Mm -hmm. um but they they spent so much time on the love triangle yeah so but it it seems at the end like the Headless Horseman got Ichabod Crane because there was his hat that was left behind yeah. across the bridge. However, rumors spread that he's alive and married to a wealthy widow and the superstitious people of Sleepy Hollow insist that he's been, quote, spirited away by <laughs> the Headless Horseman. And that is where we leave on that. So, but also this is just a thing because I keep going back to the music on this. The song Katrina, (laughs) A plus, A, can I just, I'm clapping for Ben Crosby because what a legend, man. Oh my God. If you could make like, and and this isn't even like a popular song. It was just a random song featured in the short about their love for Katrina and how beautiful she is and how amazing she is, but it is just so catchy it has like a rhythm to it where I could go walking around my house all day long humming that song like it is just catchy it was definitely made in that era the 1949 like it is that time (laughs) yep but you have a totally different experience watching the Tim Burton version Honestly, I think I was more entertained by that one. First of all, you see the Headless Horseman. It's what you want. It's, you said you want more Headless Horseman. Headless Horseman has like so many backstories within this movie. You see him all the time. Uh, this one that I watched was made in 1999 and it was a live action Tim Burton movie. And it was pretty good. It's star studded. We got Johnny Depp. Uh, who plays Ichabod, they made him hot 
because <laughs> I'll be honest, Ichabod in uh, the animated version, they kind of did him dirty. Oh, please, please give them, give our <laughs> listeners the description you gave me earlier because it was great. Feet are bigger than his head and so are his hands, they're just giant. And then his waist is like snatched, it's so weird. <laughs> His ears and nose are also giant. It's, his proportions are all incorrect. <laughs> this poor man, I honestly don't know how he would, he was such a good dancer at the Halloween party. He was amazing. I feel like he owes all of us some epic moves. Yeah. <laughs> He's very balanced for a man with strange proportions proportions but no when they made the live action they were they were like we're gonna make him look hot they cast a younger obviously version of Johnny Depp um but he's still a coward which I liked honestly I was very happy that he wasn't like this suave guy he was scared of everything in that movie it I would say there's not a lot of similarities in this adaptation for example Ichabod is not a school teacher he is a criminal he's a detective from New York New York City and he gets sent to Sleepy Hollow because there have been I believe five murders in the town which of which everyone has been decapitated and he of course is like oh I'm gonna solve the murder it's gonna be fine like I have all these tools and everyone in the town is like no we know who's doing it and he's like, no. And they're like, yes, the headless horseman is doing it. <laughs> oh, so, so there's a there's a correlation here where the yeah. the superstitious townspeople know what's up. It's definitely the townspeople are insanely superstitious, but in this one, you know, it holds up because Ichabod Johnny Depp finally does encounter the headless horseman and has. Uh, he doesn't have a bad experience, I would say. He's just scared out of his mind. Um, this version is definitely more horror and mystery. It's rated R, so it's not for children. Do not watch it with your kids. <laughs> um, there's a lot more characters involved. I think we mentioned three characters in the Disney version, but this one has they have tons of characters, which makes sense because it is very murder mystery-esque. We do eventually figure out that the Headless Horseman may be killing people, but he's actually being controlled by someone in the town. Ah. Oh. So, you know, lots of mystery, um, some witchcraft intertwined, a little bit of romance. Katrina is in it, and so is Brom Bones, um, but their characters are obviously a little, a little more different, but I was happy do with they, it. Do they go by the same names? I think he just, Katrina goes by Katrina. Um, but I think Brom Bones just goes by like Brom or something. I'd have to look it up. Um, I'm looking right now. I would say Brom holds up very well. He's definitely Gaston-like. He had that similar like interactions with Katrina, but Katrina becomes very taken with Ichabod once he comes to town. He goes by Brom Van Brunt. <laughs> but 
but all of but in the town. Yeah, but she's still Katrina Van Tassel, and then we have the Lady Van Tassel and Baltus Van Tassel. Yes, the Van Tassels kind of run the town. Ian McDermott's in this. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of women wow. in it. Uh, Emperor Palpatine showed up to the party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting to. So you said the the Legend of Sleepy Hollow Disney animated version is more true to the story. Yes, absolutely. Sleepy Hollow, the live action, is definitely uh, made to be longer with a little bit uh, more plot involved, even some plot twists. So um, if you want to know the actual Legend of Sleepy Hollow, watch the Disney one. But if you're looking for something a little darker, watch the Sleepy Hollow one. That's interesting too, because I feel like a lot of the um, grim fairy tales and the older stories were usually a little more violent and gruesome because they weren't afraid to share those details. They were trying to tell a story. So mm-hmm. it's interesting that the Disney one is more true. Yeah, I agree with that. They usually do. They usually do it the other way around, but this time. They suck true. Yeah. Well, thank you everyone for listening to our special Halloween episode mm-hmm. of the Shannon Podcast. Let us know what you guys think about the, the Headless Horseman and Sleepy Hollow and maybe which version you guys like better or if you guys have questions about The Legend of Sleepy Hollow because... I feel like there's still a lot of unknowns, you know? Mm -hmm. It's kind of the way that art interprets the story. So shoot us your questions, let us know what you think, and you can tweet us all of that at The Enchanted Pod on Twitter, and we will be back for another special episode. Thank you all for listening, and have a magical day. But Katrina will kiss and run To her a romance is fun With always another one To start And yet when you've met That little coquette Katrina You've lost your